Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. It is second summer, meaning we're mostly into autumn-like days of cool breezes and 60-degree temperatures. But this week, and today especially, which is Tuesday, September 20th, the mercury will likely reach a sweltering 97 degrees Fahrenheit here in the Ozarks. Yellow leaves have begun to drop, along with most of the apples, pears, and peaches. But rabbits and squirrels, as well as cows and sheep, will be cooling off in those clusters of still leafy trees dotting the fields and fence rows. And humans are hanging out inside their once again air-conditioned cooled homes. The Makepeace Cottage is no exception, but I will likely hit the pool out back for that last summer swim later this afternoon. Look around and look closely. You will likely find beaver and otter cooling off in the running streams, and birds of all sorts are looking for their suitcases as they are just beginning their holiday checklists. It's hot today, but in just a few weeks, their annual vacay to the south will be on. Hello Miami, Mobile, and New Orleans. But we're staying right here for the entire winter duration. So, come on inside out of the last of the heat. We've got a cool blackberry and lemon iced tea and yummy pumpkin muffins fresh out of the oven to share. It's maybe overly warm today, but it will likely be wet and blustery by week's end. Welcome to Maybon Feasts and the Autumnal Equinox. It's time to celebrate another turn of the wheel of the year with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. In autumn, the veil between the worlds begins to thin, and Thursday's equinox is when this begins. The worlds can be those of human and fae, or of mundane and more magical realms, of above and below, meaning like the gods and the humans. And newest for me, between the life of a mother and the life of a crone but most universally recognized would be the barrier between the worlds of the living and the dead. The veils between all of these worlds are now thinning and will become thinnest of all on Samhain itself. So it's not uncommon that our thoughts turn to our ancestors, those who have gone before us, as well as those who have recently passed. I am thinking of two icons who have passed in this last year. The author Anne Rice passed away just over eight months ago on December 11th, 2021, at the age of 80 years old, having been a best-selling author for 45 of those years. And then on September 8th, less than two weeks ago, Queen Elizabeth II just died at the age of 96, having reigned for 70 years. Anne Rice was living in New Orleans when she wrote Interview with a Vampire just to cope with the death of her young daughter, Michelle, from leukemia. And that made so much sense to me once I'd heard since leukemia, blood cancer, and one of the main characters in Interview with a Vampire is a young girl. I recently found some of my scrawled writing stuffed into last year's date book. I wrote it the moment I heard of her passing back in December on a brown paper towel. That is how immediate it is. And here's what I said. This has come to an end 
the passing of perhaps my favorite literary witch of all time, whether she be witch or no. She certainly has that air about everything she does. I'm talking about Anne Rice, author of Interview with a Vampire and All the Vampire Chronicles, The Witching Hour and the Mayfair Witches series, The Wolf Gift and The Mummy, and so many more. I met her and talked with her once at a book signing at an independent bookseller store in St. Louis. The line was long, but the people were wonderfully goth or witchy, fascinating and eclectic, and even surprisingly mundane. Most wonderful of all, Miss Rice very clearly loved talking with fans. The line was long, but happy because she took time to talk with people. She died Friday, and while my heart is sad, she has people on the other side. She has a daughter, Michelle, who passed at five years old from leukemia, and her beloved husband, Stan, to meet once again on the other side of the veil. I am saddened, but she is likely very happy. So the concept of the veil and being happy to be on the other side has been a thing with me and has been growing for quite a few years. Let's talk about the other woman of whom I am a big fan. This most honored fan relationship I have with Elizabeth II began long ago, but with her namesake, Queen Elizabeth I. I am a Shakespearean scholar, and when William Shakespeare was born in 1564, Elizabeth I, the daughter of Henry VIII, mind you, was already on the throne. She lived and reigned until 1603. So, for 39 years, Elizabeth was his queen and the only monarch he had ever known. I began my lifetime of study and teaching British literature when I was 16, and that was 45 years ago. While I am happily and proudly American, Elizabeth has always been my British queen until two Thursdays ago. I was so stunned to hear she had died, although clearly she was very old, yet she remained so vibrant up until her death. She had the biggest, most gracious, and wisest crone energy I have ever witnessed, even from afar. I visited her house at Windsor Castle. She was not there. I was on a tour, but her presence was palpable. Also, I agree with her. Scotland is one of my favorite places in all the world. And when the Skyboat song, the Outlander theme song, played at her funeral, she had chosen every song and reading and every detail herself. It was all her. She had it all done. That's big crone energy. But when that song played, I knew she was telling us, like Claire, the main character, Elizabeth II had also served in World War II and had family ancestors she could trace back 400 and more years. And I knew well the history of the Norman Conquest and Westminster Abbey and its nearly 1,000 years of royalty, for better and for worse. And Elizabeth II was for better. She had a struggle with Diana, don't get me wrong, but look how she has striven to do better, to reunite Harry and William, even at her death. Reigning was a task Elizabeth II was not raised to do. She never asked for it. Yet she inherited the task and saw it through to the end, calmly and simply carrying on to the very best of her ability. I know I am quoting the Bible, which was definitely her religion, when I say, Well done, good and faithful servant. 
well done. And I hope I earn such an accolade when I slip through the veil myself one day. Also, I love me some mighty, mighty ritual, and her funeral was the best of the best. Although seemingly disparate people, both of these women, Anne Rice and Queen Elizabeth II, had delightful crone energy and are worthy of the term. And sometimes it is absolutely fine to go gentle into that good night. My cottage in witchy friends is also what the fall season is all about. Going gently and with joy and dignity as flights of angels or fairies sing thee to thy rest. Shakespeare, I'm going to refer to an article called Honoring the Autumn Goddess by Sarah Robinson that you'll find at the Kindred Spirit website. Remember that any all articles, books, websites, anything I reference will be listed in the show notes. This one is there as well along with the link that you can click and get right to it. So as we approach the autumn equinox, Mabon, the goddess is beautiful as the harvest queen and the earth mother is adorned with leafy hues of golds, reds, and oranges. In cultures around the world, celebrations are held to honor the abundance of the harvest and to give thanks to the earth mother and goddess. Festivals are held to both mark the end of the summer and the gathering and storing of food to last through the dark months of winter. One of the autumnal goddesses is the Celtic Banba. Banba is celebrated as the autumn equinox in the west on the goddess season wheel of Britannia. She is an earth mother and queen. In Irish mythology, she is a founding mother of Ireland. As trees turn to gold and crimson and we move toward the dark of winter, the last of the harvest is taken in. Bamba is associated with Gaia as the spirit of the land, the animals, and ourselves. Another major Celtic goddess is Caridwen. At the end of autumn, Samhain and Halloween are closely linked with the witchy figure of goddess Caridwen, keeper of the cauldron. She stirs the cauldron of rebirth, knowledge, and transformation. That cauldron is commonly seen as womb-like. She reminds us that out of darkness comes new life and new ideas. As a witchy goddess who can cross between the worlds, Caridwen also reminds us to honor and remember our dear departed and ancestors. The Roman goddess of Autumnus is the divine personification of the autumn season, representing the abundance of nature and the time of harvest, like the others. The actual gender of this being is fluid. Autumnus has been portrayed as both male and female. All represent the harvest wines and fruits of the earth, blossoming with her seasonal array. But also remembering that the daylight hours will now begin to wane, meaning caution is called for. So while we reap autumn's bounty, we must also start planning for the dark months ahead. And then we can't forget the Greek goddesses Hestia and Demeter. Hestia, goddess of earth and home, is definitely associated with autumn time. Her name means hearth fire or altar. Autumn is a season of returning home after travels and the adventures of long summer days. In ancient Greece, sacred hearth fires were constantly tended within her temples and offerings of sweet wine and food were made in Hestia's name. The magic of creating your home is precious as we are making life sweet and sacred for ourselves and others. Creating a warm and safe sanctuary to retreat to from the darkening days and dropping temperatures is a great activity for this time of year. And then there's Demeter. This harvest goddess oversees growing, preserving, and harvesting of grain. 
She's also the patron goddess of millers and bakers. In Demeter's honor, a festival called Thesmophoria was celebrated by the married women of Athens. The festival was restricted to adult women who feasted and made offerings of corn, fruits, and nuts to Demeter. I'd like to know some of those secret rites. Wouldn't you? Okay, there are some simple ritual and ceremonial ways to celebrate the autumn season. First of all, go walking. Walk in nature, collect a little of nature's wild abundance. You might find some blackberries still. Certainly apples are still out on the tree and nuts and fallen leaves in every hue. With your autumn treasures, you can create an autumnal altar either at home or just outside in nature. Clearing out and completing. Autumn is a great time to complete unfinished projects and clear your home of unwanted items or energies. Creating a calm and restful sanctuary in which to hibernate and reflect during the winter months is a perfect activity. You can create that autumnal altar. Altar items specific to the harvest and autumn season could include those mini pumpkins and squashes, apples, leaves, acorns, hazelnuts. Seeds represent a promise of strength to come. So all nuts from native trees, walnuts and hazelnuts are pure potential and carry the qualities of the mother tree. I will have black walnuts to spare. You can also include candles in the color of the harvest season. Oranges, reds, golds, purples, black, and brown. A cauldron is always great. Cauldron or chalice is closely associated with Samhain. The cauldron represents the divine feminine and the container for all life and death or transformation and rebirth. See what I mean? It's very womb-like. Also include photographs or reminders of ancestors or friends who have passed. Here's a candle ceremony for honoring our ancestors. It's good for one or more people. Do it alone or invite some close friends. Honoring ancestors is a special thing to do at this time of year. And candle ceremonies can work either alone or with loved ones. You'll need a supply of small candles such as tea lights and a heat-proof bowl of sand to put them in. I like those platters that are designed to go under clay pots, so they're clay platters. Place one candle in the center of that bowl or platter from which the other candles will be lit. Switch off the lights and allow the darkness to surround you gently. Light the central candle saying... We welcome departed loved ones into this home and honor their presence here. If you're in a group, allow each person in the circle to remember someone who has passed as they light a candle for each person from the central candle, such as, I remember my grandmother and her kind heart. Light as many candles as you wish. When you are ready, give thanks and allow the candles to burn to completion. You may want to sit and meditate while the candles burn, or let them burn while you celebrate your harvest feast as a reminder of loved ones and their presence during the celebration. Here's a way to do a nice harvest festival, which is what the word festival really means. It's a time to feast. Gather your loved ones and decorate your dining table with colorful autumn leaves, vegetables, and nuts. Enjoy harvested fruits and vegetables to celebrate and draw in the energy of autumn. Think warming pumpkin soup, roasted root veggies like baked potatoes or roasted cauliflower with herbs and maybe a hot blackberry or apple crumble or cobbler. Leave out an offering of wine or grape juice for the goddess as a thank you for all of autumn's abundance. These are all great ways to celebrate autumn and they're brought to you by Sarah Robinson 
who is the author of this article, Honoring the Autumn Goddesses. Hey, my Missouri and Illinois witches and supernaturally adjacent folk. Archon is the Midwest's premier science fiction and fantasy event, and it's happening in just two and a half weeks in Collinsville, Illinois. That's about 15 minutes east of downtown St. Louis. It is a celebration of the imagination for more than 2,000 attendees every year and happens on the first weekend of October, which is from Friday, September 30th to Sunday, October 2nd this year, 2022. It's at the Gateway Convention Center right off of Interstate Highway 5570. It's very easy to get to. Archon features a wide variety of panels and their programming is broken into tracks to help guide attendees. Full programming tracks include artists and authors, crafts, fans, costuming, science, gaming, you name it. If it's about science fiction or fantasy or alternative life and living, Archon's got it. The schedule is published on the main website, archonstl.org. That's A-R-C-H-O-N-S-T-L dot O-R-G. And I am scheduled as a participant in four different panels this year. The first, titled Black Sheep Relating to the Mundanes, is at 7 p.m. Friday evening, the 30th of September. We'll be discussing how we somewhat unusual folk manage to live and work amongst air quote normal people. As a teacher in both Catholic schools and public schools and a person who lives out in the Bible Belt of the Midwest, I can say that it can be a fine dance at times, but I've managed it fairly well for over 30 years now. The second immediately follows that first one. At 8 p.m. on Friday, I am very excited to take part in the panel discussion titled Familiars, Spirit Animals. Sometime either Friday or Saturday night, I also hope to spend many hours LARPing, which is live action role playing. If you're there, you can LARP right along with me. I am definitely a gamer and a good LARP is probably my favorite type of game out of all of them. On Saturday, my third panel will be Guides on the Path at 1 p.m. This focuses on great teachers we've had and how they have influenced us. As a newly retired teacher and current instructional coach, I'm going to talk about the current teacher crisis too and how we are working to help those young people teach better, feel more supported, find help easier, and stay in the profession. Finally, Creative Control and Self-Publishing is at 3 p.m. on Saturday. My contribution here will very likely be about jumping right into podcasting and learning as you go. I'm pretty sure I'm the only podcaster on the panel, so I'll do some representing and talk about all sorts of behind-the-scenes details. In order to attend, you have to have a membership to the convention. That's $75 for adults at the door for a whole weekend of gaming, cosplay, and a massive masquerade, an amazing lineup of programming, mind-blowing original artwork for sale and an auction, and a huge dealer's room of arcane and woo stuff. But they also have memberships that go down as low as $20 or so. Depending on your age, they favor very young people, So if somebody's 20 years old or younger, they're going to get a much reduced rate. 
but also if you just come for one day, it's 35 or $40. Not a bad deal. I volunteer my time and expertise as so many others do. So I'm making no money for this ad or my appearance at the con. It's just a really good time. Come if you can. We'd love to see you. It's Archon 45 this year, and it's my own 35th year and Button's 40th. So you know it's got my vote for one of the best conventions around. I hope to see you there. If you see me, come up and say hello. I'll have on a name tag that says Hester Makepeace. It's known as the Pagan Thanksgiving, as Mabon marks the autumn equinox, when day and night are equal, making it a time of balance, equality, and harmony. In ancient times, Mabon was a celebration of the second harvest. Lunasa, back on August 1st, was the beginning of the three harvest festivals. Samhain will be the third. Mabon is when farmers gather hearty foods like gourds and pumpkins, grapes, and apples. For us, it really is sort of a... Com- for American pagans and Wiccans, it really is a combination of Halloween and Thanksgiving. Modern Maybon celebrations are a time to give thanks for the abundance of Mother Earth, both literally and spiritually. It's also a good time to reflect on the Wheel of the Year, recognizing your successes and letting go of the things that did not serve you during the past 12 months. So modern pagans began celebrating Mabon as the last of the eight Sabbaths in the 1970s, but its roots as a harvest festival go back to ancient times. Mabon was said to have been held hostage as a baby in the underworld, similar to the story of Persephone and Demeter. Indeed, the Greek goddess Demeter is much more closely associated with the autumn harvest, as it was her grief at losing her daughter that turned the earth from lush abundance to barren cold. So you can set some intentions at Mabon as the wheel of the year comes to an end, intentions that involve decrease and reduction, such as ending bad relationships, unhealthy habits, or self-destructive beliefs. It's also a great time to complete any projects. It's also a great time to clean and clear out your spaces, your home, your office, your garage, your car. Mabon symbols, very much a cross between Thanksgiving and Halloween. For the cornucopia, that horn of plenty, as well as pine cones and seeds, herbs, Yarrow, rosemary, sage, mugwort, and rose hips. Stones associated with this time of year are amber, citrine, cat's eyes, aventurine, sapphire, and jasper. Its flowers are sunflowers, thistle, and marigolds. Major deities are Mabon, the green man, Demeter and Persephone, Morgana, Pomona, and Inanna. The animals associated with this time of year, the owl, the stag, blackbirds, and salmon. So how can we celebrate Mabon? One of the easiest ways to do so is decorating your home for autumn. You can bring in both fresh and dried flowers and gourds to place throughout your kitchen and other living spaces. Purchase cut flowers or cut them from your garden. Collect acorns and pine cones from trees. And if you don't have access to your own greenery, you can visit the local farmer's market, even take a short walk in the woods. Walking in the woods can provide plenty of Mabon decorations for your home. 
for many families, Mavon falls right at the start of the school year, and it can be hard to plan a big celebration, especially if it falls during the midweek, and that's the case this year. So know that there is nothing wrong with celebrating Mavon with a simple family meal at the end of a busy day. You can dress up your table with a bouquet of fresh flowers or some candles. Take turns saying what you are grateful for and what you hope to accomplish in the coming year. If you opt to celebrate Mavon by yourself, try finding a quiet space outside to meditate and journal before treating yourself to a nice meal. Mavon is a great time to release the baggage of the past year and set some new personal goals. Just like the lunar cycle begins with the new moon, the wheel of the year begins as we enter into wintertime. I found a great article online on witchcrafted life called 15 Free and Low-Cost Ways to Celebrate Mabon and the Fall Equinox. And it begins, happily, the Sabbaths are open to those of all faiths and beliefs. They are not just for witches, Wiccans, and pagans. They are days that mark important points in the ever-turning wheel of the year, and it's something that impacts every single person's life, regardless of their spiritual path or where they live on the planet. So this is obviously the autumn equinox, so a lot of the activities involve balancing energies. Gather natural treasures. Even in the heart of sprawling metropolises, fall still shines radiantly and proudly by the changing leaves and early morning frosts. So if you're able to do so, head outside and take a leisurely look around for offerings from Gaia that you can bring home with you to use for all manner of purposes. From decorating your home and altar to, whenever applicable, eating right now or storing away for the coming year until fall returns once again. Make sure that anything you source is done in a legal and ethical manner and that you are not greatly disrupting the local ecosystem by removing any elements from a given surrounding. Pay attention to not only nature, but the laws of your community, especially if you're in parks. Some wonderful things to keep your eyes on high alert for during gorgeous days of early to mid-autumn include dried leaves, strips of shed bark, seed pods, pine cones, chestnuts, acorns, walnuts, hazelnuts, also called filberts in England, seasonal wildflowers, corn husks, any wild foods that are safe to eat like fruits and berries and vegetables and roots, herbs. Be very careful, but some mushrooms and the persimmons are everywhere here at Makepeace Cottage. You can also find some shed animal skins and antlers, empty bird's eggs and feathers. Give thanks for each treasure that you find and consider leaving an offering. Picking up trash in the vicinity, for example, or otherwise honoring the area that you've been foraging for fall-time natural finds. You can engage in some nice banishing magic. Banishing is something that aligns powerfully with the harvest season as the growing season of spring and summer now transforms into the harvesting, resting, and renewing period that is fall and winter. The third one is to learn a new skill or further your education. The fall, September especially, is returning to school time. And one of the greatest gifts in life that we have is the ability to keep learning long after our days of formal classroom education are behind us. Lots of online ways to be learning something, but pick a book or a series of books. Visit the library. Go online track something down that you'd be interested in learning called edX 
edx and you can find the website their website at courses c-o-u-r-s-e-s dot edx dot org and it is free online class from harvard yale princeton oxford the university of mississippi just anybody all sorts of universities offer free courses on all sorts of things it is my joy to take classes on there i'm scrolling through courses right now that i have taken in the past which include the science of everyday thinking making and meaning in the medieval manuscript that was from harvard the ancient greek hero also from harvard an introduction to computer science and programming using python from mit there's a lot i'm looking right now at fantastic places unhuman humans exploring humanity through literature that looks fun to me and that's offered by brown Again, I may start a new class. Pretty fun stuff. You could practice leaf divination. Leaves are abundant in most parts of the world, so it stands to reason that they were a probable source for early people to turn to when engaging in divination. There are various ways to look for omens or signs or meanings and answers in leaves. They include listening to the sounds, such as rustling that they make, interpreting their shapes and colors, as well as if a leaf has fallen face up or face down, reading the veins and characteristic markings of a given leaf, using groups or piles of leaves in much the same way as tea leaf readings. Take a look at the leaves. Take a look at your future. While fall is known as the season of plenty, not everyone gets enough to eat or has an ongoing sense of food security. If you can help that out, if you have unexpired non-perishable foods to share or the means to make a monetary donation or the ability to volunteer some of your time to help out at a local food bank, soup kitchen, or similar facility, Maybon is an excellent time of year to do so. Create a crystal grid for Maybon. Crystal grids are incredible ways to harness the power, energy, and benefits of working with crystals. They don't have to be just stones and crystals either, especially at Maybon time. But you can also include other natural or man-made elements as well. Some great additions are sunflowers and their seeds, marigolds, dried summertime flowers, pumpkin seeds, mini pumpkins and gourds, Apples, fresh or dried. Pears, fresh or dried. Ears of dried corn or corn husks. Sheaves of wheat, fall leaves, acorns, chestnuts, seed pods, feathers, whatever. And your grid can be smallish on an inside altar or you could even make a larger grid outside in your garden, on your sidewalk. Have fun. Gather things. And you can recycle old candles to make new candles. You'll find out how to do that all over the internet. Take some time and reflect on loss and death and the natural cycle of life. We've had some rough years with the pandemic. We've had a lot of losses. And this is sort of the natural time. Grief processing is a real thing and an important thing. Of all the Sabbaths as they transpire in the Northern Hemisphere, none is as closely linked to death, the spirit realm, ancestors, and imagery pertaining to the dead than Samhain is another point in the year when the veil thins and workings and thoughts pertaining to death are especially appropriate. 
After all, what does the autumn equinox mark but the death of summer? Even if the warmth and radiant sunlight of the former season lingers a while longer, as far as science and the calendar alike are concerned, summer is officially over. Engage in death-positive activities where you can, such as connecting with ancestral spirits, doing some tarot or oracle reading that relates to death, or anything else that feels right and safe to you this autumn. Dress in fall-time colors. Leap headfirst into the rich, earthy, elegant shades of everything from maroon to saffron, pumpkin to olive, cocoa to crimson, and plenty of others. Each color in the visible spectrum connects to the elements of nature and has meaningful spiritual correspondences and connections and can impact everything from our mood to how people perceive us. So when it comes to fall time dressing, some great color choices include burgundy and maroon, reds, especially darker shades such as scarlet, brick, and cranberry, oranges, including rust and pumpkin, marigold, copper, persimmon, and terracotta, yellows and golds, including honey, saffron, sunflower, camel, brass, bronze, and mustard yellow, earthy greens like chartreuse, olive, sage, and moss, darker greens such as spruce, pine, forest, and hunter green, those deep inky blues, navy, midnight, dark denim, teal, and peacock, purples like plum, berry, sangria, bordeaux, eggplant, browns, particularly medium and darker tone shades, as well as those with golden undertones, caramel, nutmeg, butterscotch, and toffee. Grays in general, though darker shades spanning slate to charcoal are especially appropriate, but silver and gunmetal are perfect too. Muted whites and creams and ivories, black and colors so dark they almost look black, like black cherry. You do not need to look like a walking poster for fall, but you're welcome to. Start with small splashes, a scarf or a pair of boots or a bracelet or hair accessory, but you can go full on too. Likewise, these colors are stellar choices for fall time altars and candles, home decor, seasonal decor, party color schemes, craft projects, and even the food you prepare throughout the autumn months. Create an outdoor Maybon altar. If you have a safe private place to do so, consider creating a seasonal altar outdoors for Maybon or adorning an existing outdoor altar in ways that align with Maybon and your spiritual path. Your altar need not be massive. You can base it off of a small outdoor table, a stable rock or tree stump, or simply a cleared spot of land. You can also make lovely little outdoor altars on a balcony or on top of recycled wooden or even plastic crates. Flip over a pot, put a platter on top of it, and you have a great altar space. But creating a hanging altar can also be done. You can construct it from planters or macrame or woven baskets and elevating your altar might be a more feasible or desirable approach for you this year. Preserving leaves with wax paper that's apt to cost you very little or nothing, if you have the wax paper on hand already anyway, um, but it's pretty inexpensive. 
If you're a passionate home cook or kitchen witch, many of us associate the colder months with comfort food, nostalgic dishes, and fond memories of the eats we adored or otherwise ate when we were growing up. Fall is the ideal time to jot down those dishes that make your heart, stomach, and soul all happy. And also you can include notes on any magical workings or other spiritual elements that you've performed or that you associate with your recipes. For kitchen witches especially, record your recipes and your magic. Let your loved ones know about your treasured trove of recipes and don't be shy about sharing copies of them. Passing along recipes is a time-honored tradition and one that feels all the more at home come the season of potlucks, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Samhain, and fall feasting. Thirteen is make your very own corn husk witch doll. There's a beautiful DIY project online for this. And with a few craft and household supplies, you can create what has to be one of the most perfect witchery-approved corn husk-related crafts of all time. Yikes, my friends, this has got to be a fast ending for a long show. Find me on Facebook and Instagram or email me. All the links are in this episode's description. Just scroll down. Enjoy Maybon and the Equinox on Thursday, the 22nd. It's the first official day of autumn. And then rest and take care of you this Sunday for the new moon. Finally, I have a shout out for the newest supporter for our podcast on Anchor.fm. Kathy Brown, you ancient blissful weaver. Thank you very much. Soon enough, folks, it will be Tuesday again and time for another visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Until then, make some magic and report back. <laughs>